You're right. <laughs> that's Black Falcon, baby. No, man. That's Captain America. America, dog. Dog. <laughs> Cap, that's Captain America, partner. <laughs> Player two has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player Two has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, aka MC Paperstacks. And with me as always is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Murkison, aka Full Metal Merc, aka Black Falcon, baby. Nah, that's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're gonna get into I, I guess cappy and winnie <laughs> here yeah. in a few it, i mean if you spoilers i guess if you didn't already guess where it was going but uh right yeah yeah well we're, when we get into it later it's full-on spoilers so we'll let you know once we start talking about it you know timestamps in the description because yeah, we're baby. a professional operation around here we oh, listen yeah. to our shit and put timestamps in there because we love you yeah, but, definitely not two random dudes that just decided to do it one day. <laughs> yeah, just got bored during the pandemic and was like, want a podcast? Why not? To be oh, yeah. fair. And, <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I was going to let them know this is our first recording on a Friday night. That's right. It's Friday, Friday. Mm. Which mm. seat will I take? Actually, I'll take this seat because it's the same seat <laughs> I always sit in front of my computer staring oh, yeah, at my notes. <sighs> yeah. But no, I, I was going to say, I've been wanting to do a podcast for kind of the longest time, to be honest. I just never yeah. really had the equipment that I needed. And then once I had access to that, like the right partner, you know what I mean? Which is why I'm right. forever partner. indebted to you, the partner. Because <laughs> I have a lot of friends. I'm not like a lonely man by any means or stretcher means. I have a lot of family. But I have few people that have the time the know-how and the personality to gel with me on the podcast like you do. Mm. And I knew as we were becoming fast friends, I was like, I had that hanker and I was like, you know, cause I always come back to it every couple months. Like, man, I really want to do that podcast. I just love talking about video games. Derek's the man. He's the yeah. man that's going to make this thing work. And you were, I hey. believe we are running a successful podcast. Our numbers are up. We have actual fans. People be reaching out. It makes me feel good. I feel like, we're finding our audience. Uh, is it a huge audience? No, not by any means. But is it's it a sexy audience. Of oh course. hell yeah, super sexy. Yes. Keep sending in those pics, by the way. I'm I'm married, <laughs> and I'm gonna immediately delete them. But I'll glance at them for you. So don't worry about that. Send the nudes. Send send in the nudes, boys, girls. Cover any, the moon. Everything. Show yes. me your moon. Take your moon. Cover the sun. We're gonna get a bunch of asses covering the sun. Thanks. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let me. I just want to check in with you this week. See how you doing, man. Well, how's your week been? How's everything going? Uh, it's been pretty crazy, man. So on the one hand, business is doing really well this Good. week, and Good. I've mainly been home all week. But the reason I've been home is because everybody in the house got sick. Yay! We caught a bad cold. Nora came home from daycare. Kissing on me, kissing on her mom, mm. kissing on her auntie. Mm. Everybody's sick. Damn. And so, you know, stuffy, mucus, all that good stuff. Great. And, <laughs> and of course, Vicky, she has, you know, asthma and 
Mm. Uh, she's anemic. She has so many other pre-existing conditions mm. that she got the worst. She Aww. developed a little bit of bronchitis. Yikes. And yeah, and she has bronchial asthma, so it's not great for her. But she did recently just get some antibiotics to take care of that, and she seems to be on the up and up. So it's all good on that front. But man, it is tough being sick, and I don't get sick often. But yeah. This time and the last time when I was throwing up and stuff. That's the most I've been sick this consecutively in a long time. Mm-hmm. I usually get sick like once or twice a year. Right. Like I'm good. And any other time, it's just my allergies flaring up. But, yeah. Yeah, lockdown's been great it's, for me. I haven't gotten sick at all except for that one time I got salmonella. Then I got real sick. But, I mean, yeah. that's the and type of sick. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing with lockdown and having to wear a mask is my allergies never really <laughs> haven't really flared up since <laughs> it started because yeah. I've been wearing masks everywhere. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep this mask part. thing I'm up. Keep wearing them. Yeah. Exactly. Masks are dope. I got a oh, mask yeah. that looks like it came out of Skyrim. Ooh, it literally man. says face mask on it. Gives you the weight, the value. It's perks. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah, every time I go out somewhere, I, some young dude that plays video games is like, "Hey, man, that's a cool mask." I'm like, "Right on, man." Right. Nice mask, bro. <laughs> nice, nice mask, mask. partner. Partner. <laughs> <laughs> we should put our podcast on the mask and start advertising that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah, is that? Player, player two, ready player one. What is this? Ready no, player damn it. two has entered the fuck cast. <laughs> You're now <laughs> entering the fuck cast. Yikes. <laughs> Again, send all the nudes to Derek. It right. sounds like he's he's horny for him right now. I will well, share them. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear about the fam. I hope everybody gets well soon. Uh, what else is going on with you this week? As a lot of people may know, I'm a heavy YouTube watcher, mm. and I watch a lot of other uh, video game resellers on YouTube and. Some more prevalent ones, Chase After the Right Price and Phoenix Resale, they do this thing where they buy new Nintendo Switch lights and they post them up for trade. Okay. And people that are tired of their old games or whatever, they trade them really awesome shit. And I'm like, let me get in on this. So I bought a Switch light. It's a pink one. It's very nice. Brand new. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, guys, I run an online video game store. And if you want a Switch light, trade me some stuff and we can work it out. So this person sends me some stuff. He's like... Yeah, I got two DS lights. I got Pokemon Crystal, Pokemon Sapphire. And I'm like, okay. Okay, okay. that sounded real good, but I need a little bit more. Okay. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then I then he sent me nine pictures. And it's got like PS2, Xbox, GameCube stuff. Now I'm going to run down the list of GameCube stuff. Okay. Soul Calibur 2, Mario Kart Double Dash, Bloody Roar 3, uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Zero, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, Luigi's Mansion, Metroid Prime, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Super Mario Sunshine. So, you Bangers, know, already, all of them. Yeah. Right, already my peepee's getting mad hard. Oh, you're going again with your peepee. <laughs> yes. And I'm His, like, <laughs> your resale peepee. <laughs> my resale peepee. I'm like, you got Whoa. a PS5 peepee and a resale peepee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, all that looks good. Are you willing to trade all of that? And he's like, oh, my wife just told me she wants to keep all the GameCube games. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's what made the deal good. Rough. But I might still I might still do it. He's got some original Xbox games he's gotta send me pics of. That's messed but up. But still, man. you know, even with the other stuff, it would still be a nice little come up. I might double up on it, but yeah. yeah, I was like, man, this is crazy. I thought I was about to hit the mother lewd. Yeah. Well it sounds like you might have yourself a good contact there. They seem to be down to trade or whatever. So it's always good yeah. to have somebody like that that you know. So I was cool. like, Why are you sending pictures of these I said, I told Vicky, I said, why are you sending me this porn and you don't, and I can't, I can't yank it to it, man. <laughs> that sounds like there was this old Chris Rock bit about taxes. 
He was like, oh, why yeah. are you even showing me the full check? Just show me what I'm getting, man. Don't show me the the the, the, the gross amount and then the amount. Of t- don't take off the clothes and don't fuck me. <laughs> I was right. like, All right, fair enough. <laughs> Basically. But yeah, so that was just a funny little story. Vicky was getting annoyed because I sound too much like my dad, mm. making inappropriate jokes and stuff. I was like, my dad would say something similar, but it, he'd probably be like, this man has sent me these pictures about to give me a boner, flip this whole car over. Damn. <laughs> right? Okay. When you think about it, when you really think about it, you're inside the car. No, that's yeah, she was, the she floor was, for she sure. was tired of it. Yeah, I, I do this. I do a similar thing. My whole goal as a dad is to make the most inappropriate joke I can that will go over Ben's head and hit Kristen right smack in the face, and it makes her so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll say, <laughs> I mean, it's especially easy when you have such an innocent child like saying things, and I'll just twist it around, and it goes way over his head. But she's like, "Don't you say that!" Right? Not terrible. In not in this house. It definitely in this house though. We're I'm I mean, it sounds like both of us. We're sophomoric with our humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I never pass up an opportunity to make a, a based joke to uh, make my wife go <gasps> <laughs> Which is weird because, I mean, we've been together over ten years. You figure I, I I guess this is what keeps it fresh, you know? Can I yeah. top the last thing? Can I surprise her even more? So far, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> Yes, now, yes, is it yes, some yes. shit I would say out in public or in a in a public space or to people I don't know too well? Hell no. They would think I was a psychopath. Right. I say some ill shit around the house. Please don't bug my house, feds. Oh, yeah. Here's another thing I said. I said, man, I was about to fill this whole car with cum. Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe keep that off the podcast, too. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I know. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I... Uh, I had an okay week. It's been a little stressful. My dog is approaching 16, and usually the cap for his breed is 15, and he's slowed way down. The vet says he has bones fused near his tailbone and near the top of his spine, so it's making him difficult for him to walk, and it hurts him a lot. He's got arthritis, so we just started giving him pills for that. He has not eaten consistently or pretty much at all in the last couple of weeks, and it got to the point where we called the vet to see, like, is it time? Like, is he just done? You know? And we got some good news with from the x-ray. He had actually swallowed a stuffed animal, like a oh. almost whole. And it's blocking him and make, giving him a lot of gas. So it makes him not want to eat. makes him nauseous. But he can't really pass it. So they gave us mm-hmm. some medicine to alleviate his nausea. Also to alleviate his arthritis and to help him pass the animal all at once. Problem is, okay. he won't eat. And I'm talking, oh. at this point, nothing. Like, he would eat a little bit before. He won't even eat chicken, which is his favorite food. I cooked up chicken just for him. He won't eat peanut butter. He won't eat bread. He won't eat the gourmet dog food they gave us to give him before we get him back to his dry dog food. Like, nothing. Mm. So, it's at the point where I think we're going to have to take him to the animal hospital this weekend. And, I mean, regardless of how it goes down, we, we may be able to extend his life a little bit, but we're, we're nearing the end of our chapter with Kincaid, unfortunately. Not Kincaid. Yeah, my little buddy. Hey. Um, I don't know if I... Did I ever tell the story on the podcast about how I got him? I don't think so. I might save that for another day. Maybe we'll talk okay. about that in celebration of him later on when we end up having to say goodbye. But it's coming close, so... It sucks, but I'm glad we were able to give him a good life for the back half. We met him when he was six at the shelter yeah, and uh, just took to him immediately, and he immediately took to us. You know, the first part of his life was pretty rough. 
the back part. We were able to give him some love, give him some comfort. So we will continue to monitor him closely and make sure that comfort extends all the way to the end of his life. Cool. So on to some happier news. There is a show that I'm really into that I dig that I wanted to highlight for our listeners. I don't know if you had a chance to see it or not. Well, actually, we talked about it a little bit. You may have seen it, but you haven't finished it. Love, Death, and yeah. Robots on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You said you're almost done with it. Okay. It reminds me a lot of the Animatrix because it's a collection of different animated shorts with different animation styles. And it is way wackier than the Animatrix, though. It is, like, bananas. Yeah. It's crazy sci-fi. It's very adult. There's a lot of gore. There's some nudity. And there's other stuff. So not for the kids, definitely. But I loved it. I thought it was just fucking wild. And season two is coming May 14th. So I would recommend it to people out there. I don't know, you know what your opinion is on it. Maybe you can... Let me know what you think of it while I uh, I eat this uh, burrito that my wife just handed me. Yeah, man. Literally, a lot of that stuff that I've seen so far is pretty dope. One in particular that I remember was the farm episode where they're like trying to protect their crops or something. And it turns out that they're like one of many different farms on this alien planet where there are bugs trying to attack. Yeah, it's just a bunch of crazy little weird stories. My favorite one, though, was the episode where they had like this underground fight club. But instead of regular fighters, you telepathically controlled like some sort of monster or robot. And it really looks like it could be a dope movie or video game. Like it was really, really cool. So if you're into like really weird shit, Love, Death and Robots is dope and anime and shit. That's something I would definitely watch if I was any of our listeners. It's very interesting. Yeah, that Fight Club thing that with you controlling the monsters, that was like the first episode. That was a good hook. Yeah. That was a good mm-hmm. hook. The thing I really liked about it, you know, Black Mirror is kind of like a technology-based anthology, but it's so hit or miss with me. I don't think there was a single episode of Love, Death, and Robots I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that some of the episodes are better than others, but yeah, I think they were all pretty solid. So, cool. Yeah. Well, I think it might be about that time for Falky and Winnie. Oh, baby. The finale. I am so ready for Falcon and Winnie, the finale. Yeah. So, again, just like uh, before, we don't have to go through the episode beat by beat. In fact, what I wanted to do was kind of talk about the things I liked and the things I didn't like and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, bounce off each other like that. But the main thing, the huge drop, I'm talking the swerve. Sam's sister was Mephisto all along. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. no. You never seen it coming. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. Obviously, I'm bullshitting, but right. I mean, let, tell tell me what you thought. What what was you know? I mean, let's start with what we. If if there was anything about the show or the episode that you didn't like, let's start with that. What are the things you didn't like? The things that I did not like, or things that I didn't like with the show as a whole. Carly is not a compelling antagonist at all. She is by far the weakest part of the show. I just did not care about her. And what ended up happening with her, I was like, okay, great. Moving on to the next thing. And I have thoughts on that. Yeah, before. before I think well, that's about it. Like, this the oh, lack it? of a compelling antagonist was okay. just. Well, good. Was just, you know, I like, I love John Walker. Mm-hmm. The actor killed it, crushed it. Oh, Wyatt Russell? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bucky mm-hmm. and Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan killed it, crushed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everybody except for Carly. <laughs> She just did it. I'm sorry. She just did not do it for me. Well, I'm sorry. I will say this. There's a lot of cut content with the Flag Smashers because originally 
there was like a pandemic that the GRC uh-huh. was orchestrating to help eliminate extra people or make people sick. That's why they were collecting Ooh. vaccines in earlier episodes. But they cut the okay. pandemic storyline because of the real world pandemic. That also pulls back a lot of... I mean, I already kind of sympathize with Flag Smashers because I kind of get where they're coming from. But it really kind of helped drove it home that they were benevolent and trying to help people with the whole pandemic when that was still a thing. So I will say right. that. Yeah. I feel like they did Carly a bit dirty at the end. I don't like how her whole thing wrapped up. And again, because of the cut content, I think that kind of pulled back from her. Yeah. And I'm still kind of thinking about the whole centrist. I mean, I actually... The whole, I agree with what you want to accomplish, but not your methods. I mean, that was a quote from Dr. King, actually. That right. was what white liberals used to say to him. <laughs> so uh-huh. I was just like, man, they really kind of completely blasted past that. That being said, yeah. she definitely was going down a dark path. And there really probably was no other conclusion other than to take her out. But what I do like, what they did do, and I don't think this completely salvaged the cut content for Flag Smashers. But that whole speech at the end that Falcon was, or Captain America, I should say now, because now he's Captain America. Amazing speech. Amazing speech. Yeah, it was. It was a little heavy-handed, but I don't know if there was a better way to deliver it, to be honest. And I felt like it was really good. It had to be. It was a really good cap, no pun intended, to his character. (laughs) No cap. Yeah. (laughs) But it was was a good cap to his character as far as his character arc. And I'll explain that in more detail later on. But I just want to get to the fact that he said, don't call them terrorists. Stop labeling people because it stops you from needing to understand them as people. Think yeah. about why she got to that point. And again, if there was this whole pandemic thing, I think that would have pushed it further. But even without that, why was she worrying about displaced peoples and post-blip what was happening, right? Why was she yeah. caring about these governments and the people of all this money and power, not really using it to help everyone, but just whoever they chose, right? right. So I get where you're coming from. I kind of almost don't want to blame the show because of current world events affecting the story and what they decide to leave in, what they decide to cut out. But that's my two cents. So, all right, well, let's just shoot to the things we like then. What were the things you loved about the last episode? I love the suit. I love Falcon's new suit. The wings were great. The fact that he got a couple of extra red wings was dope. And he was working it, man. Like, <laughs> no super serum, but he's, he was still putting in work. Had his little fight against Batroc, the Leaper. <sighs> Sam was working it, man. He's doing them backflips and shit, them side flips. Uh, when he went up against that helicopter, that move he did where he threw the shield, it bounced back. Then he flew through the helicopter and that knocked cool. it out. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, Sam. <laughs> and there are a lot of good lines in this episode, specifically... uh. <laughs> When, when Sam got knocked into the water and he was like, oh, you earned this ass whooping ass. <laughs> you know, earn this ass whooping. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, that helicopter part was like simultaneously a thing I liked and didn't like. <laughs> right. But I'll get into that later. That I agree with you. I was trying to stuff my mouth with burritos because I got handed my dinner basically while we were recording. But <laughs> yeah. the episode was very reminiscent of The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. How so? As, like. Well, one, it was dark as hell. <laughs> Sam entering the building through the upper windows, something very Batman-ish. The hostages in the trucks and putting the little bomb on the truck and everything. It just felt Batman-ish in a way. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. When he's carrying Carly away after what happens to her happens, it reminded me of Arkham City. I don't know if you played that, but at the end of the game, spoiler alert for Arkham City, 
Yeah, the little uh, the Cain Joker, and Abel moment. Yeah, yeah. When the Joker is <laughs> killed, he's carrying the Joker out like that, and and it's a image that's used in many many different forms of media. But yeah, man. What else did I enjoy about this show? John Walker, man. John Walker. This episode, he got his redemption in the eyes of the viewer. Because I was talking to my wife about it, I was like, "Oh, he got his redemption." I was like, "Well, he didn't really need to be redeemed for anything specifically." Mm. But in our eyes, since he was doing dumb shit. It was like, he's got to do something to redeem himself so we can possibly like him. And when he went to save the hostages on the armored truck, instead of going after Carly, I was like, there it is. He redeemed himself. I can like him now. His uh, great value shield, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love how they just showed it dented in and he threw it in and just hit the ground. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, man, it's not vibranium. He tried it. <laughs> that was the shot. definition of you tried it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll quickly go over then the stuff that I didn't like and the stuff that I did like. So, okay. The Falcon helicopter hostage thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool way to show his fighting style with the new suit, the vibranium wings, like the helicopter bouncing off of the shield. However, because there were so many threads to wrap up in this episode, I felt like it was a waste of time. I felt like you yeah. could have cut that sequence out and then stretched some other things that felt rushed out yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. The fight with Baltrock the Leaper, I I felt like that went on too long too, especially since he just came in with his new badass suit. It's like he whooped right. his ass better with the old suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But That's true. they could have established him maybe as a, a stronger force or presence. I mean, for eagle-eyed viewers, you recall that during the opening scene of Winter Soldier, the one soldier that gave Captain America a whole lot of trouble on that tanker they were trying to take over was the same guy, you know, the leader. I get the call back, but again, that just took too long. It took him out of the fight when there was a whole bunch of more important shit happening. And what's funny is he did just leave. He was like, peace, gotta go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, he did just bounce. He just bounced, and he was like, come on, man. So that just kind of got left hanging, which could have been handled differently, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. John Walker's arc felt rushed. He was yeah. this kind of looming and pending force at the end of the previous episode. And I expect him to show up and be a little bit more crazy and a little bit more angry. And then yeah. maybe, maybe he still have that redemption moment, which I don't think redeems him completely. He's definitely kind of iffy and amoral and has a temper that needs to be looked out for. Yeah. But it just, it just felt cheap to put that situation in front of him and then show that he chose the right thing. And then now they're, everybody's cool. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but we just, it just took the weight and the impact out of what he did in the previous episode, like murdering somebody, getting blood on the shield and tarnishing the name and everything. They just kind of backtrack that by him going and saving a bunch of politicians, which I'm glad he saved them because they are innocent as far as they were just taken hostage. And that sucks. But mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for politicians right now. So seeing him save a carload of them and that being like his redemption, it's just like, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's government right. saving government. Happy for you. That said, I did like his whole U.S. agent thing at the end with Valentina. I just wish he had more time. I feel like they built him up really well. And then they just Game of Thrones him at the end. It's like they, yeah. they made this interesting Jamie character and then they just took it all away. <laughs> so yeah i don't know again like you i just mentioned earlier carly's end felt like it was rushed the power broker thing 
Sharon Carter. So Sharon, <laughs> yeah, Sharon Carter. Yeah, Sharon being, Carter is the power broker. Sharon Carter being the power broker is cheap. But here, here's the thing with that, and I was thinking about it. She keeps calling somebody and reporting to them, and saying, "Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm in the CIA now because she, you know, she got her pardon, and they want to give her her old job back, and now I have access to all this tech and stuff like mm-hmm. that." So it makes me think that maybe the power broker is either not one person or she just didn't deny she was the power broker, even though she's not actually the power broker. Well, no, I think she was just calling like her assistant or something because she was like, line up our buyers. It could be. But unless they're completely retconning things, Baron Zemo references the power broker in previous movies as a male and as somebody existed prior to Sharon even needing to go on the run. So, yeah, if you go back to Civil War. Yeah, I was looking into it because I really, really wanted to be wrong about thinking it was her. And that's why I was convinced it wasn't going to be her. And when they showed it was her, I just didn't accept it. I was like, nope, right. I'll accept that. Now, her being a bad guy or being turned or joining with the power broker, I could see. So either she is part of the quote-unquote power broker, like the group. Mm-hmm. I just I don't buy her as the sole power broker. If they really want to go there, okay. But I think, like you said, that's dumb. So Right. I'm holding. I'm withholding judgment on that because I want it to not be dumb. Well, we will see. Yeah. <laughs> Zemo had a really good wrap up in episode five, but he comes back with his butler to kill the last of the Flag Smashers. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't really a big fan of that, but okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, Zemo's whole thing was super soldiers don't need to exist. No, it, it fits his character, but it's just yeah. It doesn't his seem butler like was able to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, there, it just seems like there's no consequences to him. He's got like a kingpin-like presence from the raft of all places. Right. It's mm. like the raft is supposed to be this big-time super max security whatever, but people break out of there all the time, and apparently they can just run their criminal dealings with an old-ass butler from there too as well. So, <laughs> right. right under the nose of everybody around them being Flag Smasher sympathetic. Like they even closed the door of that truck before it blew up, and they're like, one world, one people. And I was like, oh, shit, they're going to get right. away. No, they didn't. Yep. It's, like, <laughs> it's like the last thing I didn't like about the episode was Bucky went back to talk to the man whose son he killed, which was yeah. good. And he Rushed had really it. good acting and it was really emotional. And he said, I was the one that killed him. And then they just cut to him leaving. Yeah. And you didn't get the catharsis of the old man working through that. Did he still like him? Are they still friends? They showed him looking at the man through the window of the shop he likes to go to. The man didn't look sad or happy, but the man also didn't see him. They just... Yeah. It was it was closure in the fact that he turned the book into the psychiatrist and thanked her. And he did, he did what he needed to do. I just wanted a little bit more from that scene, I guess. Maybe I'm just being yeah. selfish, but... I don't no, know. no, no. I wanted more from it, too, man. It was just... Yeah. It seemed... Like we've been saying, rushed. Yeah. And like they just forgot about it. And again, I'm not going to let the things I don't like about this episode taint the things I do like and my opinion of the series overall. I still really enjoyed my time with the series. I think taken Mm -hmm. in as a unit, I think it's great. The things I did like about the last episode, Falcon's ascension to Captain America was great. Yes. I love the suit. Like you said, the suit was awesome. He just busted in like, blah, Captain America. I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He looks great. (laughs) His whole speech to the GRC, talking about how much power they have and what they choose to use it. Again, in in this kind of political climate, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm really for everything that he's saying and wanting it to work. And I think that words do matter and ideas matter. Putting ideas out into people's minds 
people who speak, thought leaders, like they do matter because nobody was talking about raising the minimum wage or Medicare for all or higher education for everybody and a lot of these issues. They weren't talking about them in the mainstream until as recently as 2016. You know, right. like when Bernie Sanders started running for president and then we got other progressives come up and we had the Justice Democrat. Like there are things that were happening to get these ideas out there. And it starts with being able to speak truth to power. And that's what he did. And again, right. you could say it was ham fisted or heavy handed or you could say it was perfect or maybe it didn't go far enough. You can say whatever you want. But the fact that they had that scene and then later on in the show, it affected policy to me felt naive, but also hopeful at the same time. Mm hmm. Because I wonder if you could actually stand in front of senators and say that shit and actually have a difference. If it could overcome their beholdenness to their special interests, right? Because most of the time when politicians in the real world make decisions, it has more to do with their rich donors and what benefits them. And then we get the right. crumbs, right? Yeah. So with the GRC being a fake government entity and not really understanding the financials of the situation, eh, I liked it still. You know, I, I let that hopeful part of me watch it and be inspired and go, yeah, that's cool. And it, right. it really, yeah. it fit Falcon's growth as a character. Like, he said, I'm going to be Captain America. I'm a black yeah, man wearing the stars and stripes, but I'm going to take charge and I'm going to do my thing. And it got through to Isaiah Bradley, who still, you can see he wears the cynicism on his sleeve. But that part uh -huh. at the end where they, he took him to the Smithsonian and showed him that they had his own section added for Isaiah Bradley to tell his story, that was cool. I almost, almost fucking cried, man. I did cry. Like, I, I yeah. welled up. Like, I, I thought that was really sweet. And obviously, I had a big, big impact on Isaiah. I, like, hugged him. It was very emotional. I yeah. loved it. Even though there were some threads I would have liked to have been fleshed out a little bit more, there were parts of the story that wrapped up a little bit too neatly. And the pacing of the episode was all over the place. The one through mm -hmm. line or the one constant, I think, was Falcon's growth into Captain America and accepting and transforming that mantle. And mm -hmm. Winter Soldier's growth to forgive himself and move past being like a brainwashed killer. Those mm -hmm. arcs were handled well. I thought John Walker's arc was set up and carried really well and just kind of face planted, unfortunately. But maybe there's time to redeem that. And yeah, overall, great series. Yeah. If I had to give it a score out of 10, I'd give it a 7. Yeah, I like to do out of yeah. 5. I feel like there's too many numbers in 10. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> 1 is bad, 2 is not the worst, but below average, 3 is average, 4 is good, 5 is fucking perfect. I would give it a 4. Okay. I'd yeah. give it 3, 3.5. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're around the same. Yeah. Again... I mean, in, taken as individual episodes, there I don't think its sum as is, is as great as its parts, but some of its parts were like, whew, you know what I mean? Like I had yeah. really, I had so much fun watching the show. So definitely yeah, keen to see more. So anything with Isaiah Bradley was dope. Speaking of, <laughs> after I finished watching it, I go into the bathroom. I'm looking in the mirror, and I've, <laughs> and you know how uh, you were like, you used to work out, man. What happened? <laughs> or you used to be ripped. What happened? I, said, I didn't I say what happened. Like, you did. Yes, you did. No, I didn't say what happened. Did I say what happened? You might have been joking, but you said Because that sounds so you mean. You definitely said it. It does. Like, but, you used you to know, be beautiful. What happened with right. your ugly ass? <laughs> but here I am. I'm standing in, the mirror, in front of the mirror, mm -hmm. no shirt on, acting like I'm throwing a Captain America shield. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Vicky's right there. I said, my dumb ass, acting like I'm throwing the shield, built like Isaiah Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Hey, man, he threw that can of Altoids or something through the wall, whatever it he was. He sure did, man, <laughs> but that shit was hilarious, man. I was really practicing, too. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get me a shield. I'm going to get me the stars and stripes. I'm going to be a black Captain America, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Black Falcon. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's Black Falcon, baby. All right, man. Well, good, good. I'm I'm glad we both kind of, it sounds like we landed in a, a similar spot on the show, so... Yeah, enjoyed watching it along alongside my friends, and I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing what a, friends of the show, other podcasts, what they think, and kind of the the general discourse. That's been one of the funnest things about these Marvel shows is just the discourse around them. Yeah, really enjoying all that. So, all right, well, let's get into what we've been playing this week, man. You been playing any video games this week in between yeah, throwing played, up? <laughs> right. Yeah, I played a <laughs> I played a little bit of Persona Five Strikers. Okay, I beat the third jail. And like you said, uh, I ended up feeling really bad for <laughs> for the monarch of that jail, man. It right? Was, uh, yeah, it was it's kind of fucked up how they did how how they did. Yeah, but so yeah, uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. What's interesting about it? Because I actually rolled credits on it this week. These are the lightest of light spoilers. I don't think they really are spoilers. It's just kind of giving you the ratio of the game. There's mm-hmm. eight jails, and. As far as dealing with trauma, which this is a good thing, too, because I was worried that it would be too formulaic because it kind of starts off seeming that way, especially with you having just finished the third jail. There's really only four jails that deal with a monarch that has a traumatic past. And the other jails serve different story and thematic purposes. Mm, The other ones are just dicks. (laughs) Well, the other ones may or may not even have monarchs. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, as far as the secret to the jail and why it exists, completely different outside of the four that have monarchs and therefore trauma. Okay. And the fourth monarch is hugely tied to the story. So you'll see who they are and what that's all about as well. Okay. So, yeah. But the game itself, taken as a whole, it is really solid. It's an awesome experience. I probably spent about... I want to say 70 or 80 hours in it, but only half of that was like advancing the plot. The other half was just fighting and having fun and grinding and stuff like that. Okay, so it's not okay. like a, I was going to say, it's not a hugely long game if you don't want it to be. I racked up so many hours just doing side quests and grinding and fighting for fun and learning the characters because I really enjoy the fighting system in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a great warrior's experience. So if I had to rate the game again, Four out of five. Maybe in a 4.5 oh, out of five. Like, almost five. Not quite five. <laughs> Pretty close. Okay. All right. Well, I did play a few other games. I would mentioned last week that I was going to try out the Resident Evil Village demo that dropped. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, though. I noticed this when I looked at their showcase. We're, we're dropping the demo early for PlayStation owners, and you can only download it between this time on this day and this time on that day. Cool. I did that. And when I went to go play it, what I didn't realize is you could only play it for like 24 hours and then it's yeah. online only or something. So if you go try to play your downloaded copy and I did, it, I think, like 12 hours too late, it just tells you, no, you can <laughs> only play. Trash. Yeah, you can't play it again for five days. And I was like, five. You know what? Fuck you. I'm not touching this game again until it comes out. I'm not playing <laughs> into that. Timed demos are stupid. If you're going to put the content together and make the decision to release it ahead of time, don't tell me when I can play it. Don't dictate my schedule to me. Kiss my ass. You know what I mean? I'm not a fan of that. Now, it's one thing if you want to drop the demo and maybe like for a week and then pull it completely because you just 
want to give people a taste, but you don't want to maintain it out there or whatever. I kind of understand that. But this whole, you you only could do it between the, the 1 p.m. on the 23rd and 2 p.m. on the 24th. And if you don't get to it, <laughs> fuck you. Guess you'll have to wait a week. And it's just like, right. no, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. I'm not pulling out a calendar and making notes just to play a demo. You know what I mean? Right. So speaking of, of industry bullshit I'm not a fan of, I haven't talked about this because I haven't actually picked it up. I was wanting to play Outriders with everybody. But I think that's something we need to put on hold because I know that you and AD and GP in particular, the other guys we talked to that were interested in playing the game, would probably rather pick it up on PS5. Yeah. The thing is, though, it is online only, I heard, and it's having server issues, especially on the PlayStation side. And I don't want to support that either, to be honest. To me, you should have an offline mode for the game. Obviously, if you're multiplayer, it's got to be online. And if you're mm-hmm. having server issues, I mean, whatever, work it out, I guess. Maybe you, the game is more popular than you anticipated. But the single-player experience is locked behind always online, too. And I just can't support that. Yeah, that's no bueno. Yeah, so I'm really yeah. soured on Outriders. I'm a little soured on Resident Evil Village, to be honest. So Damn. they'll have to... I'm just pissing you off this, this week. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan at all. <laughs> but... I did play another game that came out recently. I saw... Um, you remember we were talking about how House of the Dead is going to come out on Switch pretty soon? Yeah. I saw a game that was being sold for like 20 bucks, and it came with like a little rifle peripheral that you can put your Joy-Cons into. It's called Chicken Range. It's like a you shoot chickens. And I was mm-hmm. like, this looks dumb, but it's cheap, and it'd be a good way to try out the shooting capabilities on the Switch. I'll buy it. Big mistake. Chicken Range is the worst piece of shit I've played in a long time. They just take the cheapest, most simple drawing of a chicken and just move it across the screen, and you have to hit it multiple times, and it makes a little chicken noise. And if you don't hit the chicken before it goes all the way across the screen, they'll you know obviously move you know more and more and more throughout the level. It'll throw egg yolk at the screen, obscuring your view. And the sound design is annoying. The music is bad. The aiming and shooting is bad. The feedback is bad. Everything is bad. It's just bad. A terrible game. So if you were, for some reason, eyeballing this very obscure game that I don't think anybody's even heard of called Chicken Range on the Nintendo Switch, save you money. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) For funsies, I decided to re-download Grand Theft Auto V. I was just missing the uh, the story. It actually saved my save game from the PS4 version. So when I loaded up, I was in Franklin's penthouse and I had like billions of dollars. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> yeah, I play a stock market in the stonks right. <laughs> and <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. If you play your cards right after you hit the Fed, man, you can make that money work for you. But yeah, I started it over and just started like a story kind of style playthrough of the game. And yeah, it's holds up. It's got me even more excited game. for. Oh, what, go ahead. Can you believe that game came out in 2013? No. I mean, obviously, this isn't the 2013 version. This is the, right. oh, I think it was two years later. But still, I think yeah. it's 2015. That's... Like, it came out the month I, the month and year that I got married. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I, mean, I took it on our uh, honeymoon. I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. You want to know a game I played on my honeymoon? You want to try to guess? This is 2010. Oh, 2010? Um, yeah. Shit. Man, I can't even. I don't know. Deadly Premonition. Ooh. I was Oof. twin peaks in it up. Deadly Premonition, 360. <laughs> Good times. 
<laughs> I was trying to explain yeah. to my wife who had barely seen any movies or TV, like trying to compare it to Twin Peaks. And she was like, what's Twin Peaks? And I'm like, well, I give up. Right. <laughs> There's really no other way to describe I that game, to be honest. <laughs> right? I got to go out and get some cigarettes. I'll be right back. Right. No, that's fine. <laughs> she actually really likes Twin Peaks now. Uh, she came around. We never got a chance to finish the show together, unfortunately. Maybe that's something we'll get around to. But uh, I always, whenever I try to rewatch it, you know, after the first time, I always lose steam after the first season. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever seen it? Uh, no, I've never seen it. It's a classic. It's a definitely something you should check out. It is wacky and weird. I honestly think that if you watched it with Vicky, the two of you would enjoy it just for how stupid it is. But it's stupidly awesome. Okay. So, yeah, you can let me know what you think. All right. Cool, cool, cool. The only other thing that I would have played this week, but again, we're recording on a different night, is Little Nightmares. The Little Nightmares finale, I'll probably be finishing that game, will be happening as of the day of recording tonight. When people are listening to this on Sunday, I will have already played it, of course. And I'll probably be moving on a little Nightmares 2 next week. But for now, this is where the cutoff is. So next week, I'll be talking about my last episode of Little Nightmares and how that went. Okay. Now, Pokemon Diamond, the Nuzlocke, we're at part seven now. And uh, things are getting serious. So let me tell you all about it. All right. I headed to the Valor Lakefront after that big explosion. And I saw that Team Galactic set off a bomb and blew the water the hell out of that lake. There were flopping Magikarp, helplessly flailing everywhere. It was crazy. I fought Galactic Grunts until I ran into Commander Saturn, and he led with a Kadabra. Easily took that guy down with uh, just one crunch from Jubilee. (laughs) And he brought out a beefy Toxicroak whose levels were really high. And I brought out Bimmy because Bimmy has Magnitude, which, you know, it's good against poison. And he did well. He led with a Magnitude 7, which is kind of rare and then an eight which is really rare and that caused toxicroak to use his citrus berry on the first turn and it left him with like a sliver of life on the second turn unfortunately this toxicroak knows revenge which is a fighting move yeah and he's fighting type and fighting is effective against rock and i had done just done a fuck ton of damage to him so, unfortunately, <laughs> with the full force of his hurt, he crushed Bimmy to dust. Rest in peace, Bimmy. My <laughs> Bimmy. We hardly knew ye. Bimmy the Graveler, holding it down. So I brought in Nips, Man, who was also lower level than Toxicroak, but Nips being a crowbat, super fast, was able to lead with a bite before Toxicroak even had a chance to react. And then I had Goku take out his Bronzor pretty easily. Saturn, after being defeated, mumbled something about already getting what he came for, and he just left. So I flew to San Jim to lay Bimmy to rest, and <laughs> I brought his brother Jimmy into the roster <laughs> to fill his rocky shoes. We are no longer double dragons. We are Uno dragons. It's just Jimmy. Jimmy the Geo dude. Oh. So I headed towards Verity Lakefront to see how the others were doing. Dawn was there fighting Commander Mars and Team Galactic. So I helped her out by challenging Mars. He had a gold bat that gave Goku a lot of trouble, poisoned him with toxic and confused him. And then while he was confused and poisoned, he was just taking air cutters to the face. I managed to heal him <laughs> with a potion and snap out of confusion long enough to land a killing blow, but it wasn't easy. And then he brought out a bronzor. And again, I was like, steal Pokemon, really? I burned him down. Then I used a Hail Mary close combat move on his pure ugly, <laughs> the giant cat dark thing whatever and uh-huh. that won the fight so we were it worked out okay 
Afterwards, Mars said they already caught all the legendary lake Pokemon, Mesprit, Azaleaf, and Uxie, so then he just left. And I'm like, why are you guys sticking around long enough for me to fight you if you've done the thing? Or if you, right, leave. I guess. I, they just want me to get experience points so I can whoop their ass, I guess. I don't Hell know. Yeah. Professor Rowan mused out loud that it's great that we were unharmed, but he was a little bit worried about my rival at Lake Acuity. It's way up north past Mount Coronet, which I haven't traveled north from yet, so I went ahead and grabbed some more supplies. I healed up, and I set out towards the final lake. The lower level of Mount Coronet was home to some high-level Pokemon. I actually ran into a Graveler while I had Jimmy up front, and Jimmy was not ready. <laughs> so I went ahead and switched in Lazarus, my Badoo, thinking, you know, he can take the hit from Graveler and just use Mega Drain as a four times effective move to one-shot Graveler and gain back his lost HP, right? right. Graveler decides to use Rock Blast. He gets in all five hits because it's a two to five hit move. One of those hits is critical. Completely destroys Badoo. My second Badoo is dead. Yeah, Lazarus did not Lazarus. live up to his name. No, he's done. <laughs> so I left again to bury Badoo, and I grabbed Guella Deville, the Shellos from the daycare center. Guella had <laughs> gained levels all the way to like level 30, so Guella fit in just fine. I trudged all the way back to Mount Coronet with a heavy heart, but determined to make sure the sacrifices today were not in vain. <laughs> and I made it out to Route 216, where it was snowy and hailing, which kind of sucks. But mm. I managed to catch a Sneasel, which was kind of cool. And I named yeah, him Sneasel Ice Pig. Though. Yeah, I love Sneasel. <laughs> so we have Sneasel the Ice Pig. He's not in the main crew yet, but I got him. I fought trainers and waded through the snow that got deeper and deeper on my way north. And then by Route 217, the blizzard had intensified and I could barely get around. But I did catch a Snover and called him Snowbeard. And I finally got to Lake Acuity, or the Acuity Lakefront. And I caught another Sneasel, and I named him Featherman. And Team Galactic was blocking off the entrance to Lake Acuity, and they wouldn't challenge me. So there's not really much you can do if somebody won't fight you with Pokemon. You just kind of have to leave. Right. Snowpoint City's right next to the lake, though. So I stopped in Snowpoint. I healed up. And I started challenging the gym. The gym's one of those stupid, like, slide block puzzles because it's made of ice because it's an ice gym. And just like the fucking Steel Gym... They got trainers in there. They're not using ice Pokemon. They're using water Pokemon. Almost took what out my hell? damn Infernape. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm in here prepared to fight ice Pokemon. Why do you have a Pelipper, sir? What do you, <laughs> you know, what are you doing with them, them weasel water Pokemon things? Stop it. So, um, luckily I defeated all the trainers and all that's left is to challenge the gym leader themselves. So I'll probably do that this week. See how it turns out. And hopefully defeat Team Galactic, and I'll be pretty close to challenging the Elite Four. I think I have this and maybe one other gym I have to challenge, if I recall correctly. So we'll see how that goes next week. You're on your way, man. I am on my way. All right, it's time to get to gaming news. Lots of stuff going on. You had mentioned there's a game coming out. Just dropped the trailer and release date. Is that right? Yeah, so fans of the Tales of series, rejoice. Tales we of. finally got some news on Tales of Arise. Arise. And a new trailer. It's coming out September 10th this year for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and the Series X. I cannot tell you how big of a fan of this series I am ever since I first played, I think it was Tales of Graces F mm. back in 2013, I think. And I never looked back. I've played every game since then. I went back and played Tales of Symphonia, Tales of Zillia, Tales of Zillia 2, Zestiria, Berseria, like just so much Tales of. 
it easily quickly became my favorite JRPG series. If you're a fan of action RPGs, pick it up whenever you see it because they are going to be harder to find, especially with these PS3 games kind of skyrocketing yeah. in price. So there's, uh, I think, Symphonia, Zillia, and Zillia 2 are all on PS3, and those are some of the best Tales of games. Cool. So definitely be on the lookout for those. I happen to have those. I have a lot of Tales of games for having not finished a single one. <laughs> I can't really get into them for some reason. Yeah, I, mean, I really you, try with Berseria because I heard it was kind of edge lordy, and I'm into that, but I couldn't. I don't know. It's just is it one of those stupid RPGs where you have to play it for 20 hours before it gets good? Because it feels like it is. No, it's just you have to be in the right state of mind. Tales of games are very anime, and not like your type of anime, but the cliche tropey anime. So that's probably why you have an issue. <laughs> Yeah, play through them. I can see that becoming an issue. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, fans of Tales of Rejoice, arise is coming to a console arise, near chicken. you. Arise, chicken. Arise, arise. <laughs> oh, well, Aquatine. Oh, I love you. The best thing to come out of Aquatine is the opening of the Aquatine movie. Don't talk. Watch. Right. Oh, I love that. Anyways, we can talk about Aquatine. That's a whole other sidebar. All yeah, right, yeah. well, Mortal Kombat, the movie, Ooh, the new Mortal Kombat. So it came out. It's on HBO Max and in theaters. You watch it on HBO or did you go out to the theater? HBO. Me no too. Theater? I ain't going no damn theater. <laughs> I kind of, it would have been cool to see it in the theater. This is the it type really of movie you want to see in the theater. This and like obviously Godzilla vs. Kong, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw it's uh, HBO Max, and I gotta say, I enjoyed it. But what'd you think? I enjoyed it. It is not a good movie. <laughs> oh no! Let's get that. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. It is no, not the script a good movie. is garbage. Oh my oh, god, it's terrible. The it's got most pacing of the dialogue issues. is not good. Yeah, the acting half over half the actors cannot act. <laughs> really, I thought the acting was one of the good things about it. I was into the acting. I'll tell you who I have issues with later. But uh, yeah, I have an issue with Cole. I would say. Just, I think he's, oh yeah! Every time he got on the screen, I was just like, <sighs> "Yeah, Cole sucks." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> spoilers for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna, we're gonna we're gonna get into it for sure. So if you haven't, go watch it and then come back and listen to this part. Skip it. Skip to the next news thing. But um, again, I guess we could talk about the things we didn't like. Already, it sounds like we both didn't like. You said the dialogue is what you didn't like. The dialogue, the writing. I liked not good for some characters. I liked a lot of the dialogue, especially everything that came out of Kano's mouth. Yeah, everything out of Kano's mouth was gold. Yeah, it was like Aussie man reviews plays Kano. (laughs) He's like (laughs) fucking fuck off. I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, you fucking beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it It was just so really so cheesy. No, I know, I know, and man, he got his ass whooped all movie, but he would not stop talking shit. Man. When Liu Kang was doing the down sweep kick. He's like, all right, put your shirt on, Magic Mike. I was like, this is a straight up, like, <laughs> this is the game. It was, this no, is it was, the game. This is someone was, spamming. It was fan servicey as shit. I oh, mean, which, yeah. again, as a fan of Mortal Kombat, it's for me. I loved, I had so much fun with the movie. I can recognize that someone does, doesn't know anything about Mortal Kombat or is not a fan of Mortal Kombat. I don't think you should waste your time unless you just want to like watch all Kano's scenes because I think that's just fun regardless right. of who you are. But it definitely was 
Do you know how, like, when somebody's defeated and they kind of, like, wobble in the air waiting to have a fatality done on them? We did that. Do you know how, like, everybody has weird inexplicable powers? We explain it away, kind of lazily, but whatever. You'll accept it. Oh, yeah, especially in Jax's case. (laughs) Do you know how they say finish him and fatality and then flawless victory? We say all those things. Finish him. Your soul is mine. Flawless victory. Fatality. Flawless victory. Flawless victory. (laughs) So... Introducing characters to be like, this is a character that you know. They're going to die. Look. Oh, and the and the true to game fatalities. Like when Kun oh, Lao yeah. did his little saw oh, blade thing. Oh, my God. I fucking oh, squealed. Was dope. <laughs> <laughs> I squealed, man. I was like, ah, I did it. Because that's my absolute favorite fatality from the game. It's funny. I was. Game. That's my favorite one. I was thinking something when I was thinking about the pacing of the movie and. And the length of it, because it's just under two hours. It's like an hour and fifty yeah. minutes. So it's, which to me, whenever Pacing I see that, great. <laughs> as an old man, I'm always like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. Right. But now I kind of wish this movie did have more room to breathe. But even more than that, and it's funny because as I was thinking this, I saw some feedback about the movie today that kind of said something similar. So I want to say it was my idea originally, but because I heard it from someone else. I don't want to sit there and say, like, no one else has thought of this because clearly other people have thought about this. But right. watching this movie made me feel like there needs to be an MKCU. Yeah. I thought it would have been so much cooler if you gave individual movies to characters in the Mortal Kombat franchise to set up the world. Because it's just the opening with Scorpion and his backstory was enough for me to, like, I want a Scorpion movie. That's it. Just a Scorpion movie, yeah. please. Right? And. Mm-hmm. That way, what we just saw could have done even less introductions and more tournament stuff, but we would have been already familiar with and attached to these characters. I doubt yeah. they're going to do something like that because they're not yeah, Marvel. Not yeah, you, you don't even want that? I kind of want I don't that. Think the, I don't think the characters have enough in the history of their lore to warrant individual movies. Well, I, I, I here's why. We have lore okay. stemming three decades. We have... More characters than in Smash, if you want, if you can believe it, as far as like the the history of characters. Now, yeah. that's including a lot of joke characters, but that's including a lot of actual cool, interesting characters as well. There's all of this rich history as far as like the other realms and the past tournaments and lore, and just getting mm-hmm. a glimpse of what they could do with the single character by looking at Scorpion's whole arc. You kind of jump in the middle of Scorpion and Sub Zero's story. Because Sub-Zero's yeah. there to eradicate his clan. And he's like, for the Lin Kuei. Yeah, and somebody like mentioned before that. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Somebody mentioned online that was like, it's interesting to see Scorpion as the good guy for once. And I was like, but was he, though? <laughs> right. Because I'm wondering, Sub-Zero, you don't just roll up on somebody's family like, I'm going to eradicate you, all your homies, the bloodline, the clan. Everybody's getting some. If you did nothing. Like, right. I'm not saying Scorpion had that coming to him. Maybe it was over-retaliation, but something happened to the Lin Kuei, and Scorpion was involved. That's all I'm yeah. saying. So, going further back and, like, looking at this blood feud and, like, his storied history, maybe he's in the nether realm towards the end of his film, figuring out his powers. I feel like there's enough there for a Scorpion movie or a Scorpion Oh, there's Sub-Zero definitely enough movie. there for a Scorpion movie. Then but you for... have Sonya Blade and Jax. Like, they have their whole history with the armed forces and researching after... Jax kills somebody who's meant to be a champion, researching right. that. That would be less, it's always sunny in Philadelphia in front of the conspiracy board, like she was in her uh-huh. trailer. Like, and then, <laughs> and of course, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> she was given Cole gold, by the way. She was giving him conspiracy psycho gold. And he was just like, Hell yeah. He was just like, uh-huh. Yeah, 
Really? Are you serious cool, about bro. this? Cool, bro. I'm like, fucking Cole, man. You believe me now? Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess I believe <laughs> you or whatever. Uh, six foot reptile just attacked me. You know? uh, that was crazy, bro. Did you see that? Uh, oh my God, I'm an MMA yeah. fighter and I suck. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. He was trash. He was that could have been a solo movie. Uh, Kano, he was winning that first fight. Right, right. Kano, his whole history at the Black Dragons and Cabal and just being a son of a bitch. I want that movie. Yeah. 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 So okay. and, and then, okay. of course, and then you have Kung Lao and Liu Kang and their relationship as being monks and their whole training and their history and their friendship would have brought a lot more weight to Kung Lao dying. You know what I mean? And then, of course, yeah, you have Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung and maybe the history between him and the gods and why he wants to break all those rules and his soul sucking and and gathering all the dark forces towards him. That's a movie. Like I'm telling you, it's about to get his soul sucked. (laughs) If you if you go all the way back to 2010, (laughs) if you go all the way. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about something that could fit just as well as a porn in a porn. Um, if right. you could go all the way back to 2010, prior to Iron Man, and predict how that would have went, you know what I mean? You couldn't. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. perfect casting when I heard it, Robert Downey was going to be Iron Man, but I wasn't an Iron Man fan. I knew about him, but I wasn't right. like, oh my god. I was like Wolverine movie because it was all X Men Spider Man. I was, I was excited because I saw the uh, animated series back in the day. I was like, yeah. Ah, Iron Man. <laughs> I definitely was excited for a Thor movie. I was like, mm, this is bullshit, you know? And the Hulk movie was cool, but Hulk is Hulk. You know, there's right. only so many ways to tell that story. But it, it culminated into this awesome thing because a lot of planning and effort went into it. Mortal Kombat could have the same thing if they wanted it. There's enough there to expound upon. It's dumb as hell. But again, if you break down the base components of Marvel movies, they're dumb as fuck, but they make you care about the characters. So I feel like it could work. I don't know. I'm right. just saying. Okay. I, I'll give you some of them. Yeah. I wouldn't watch all... Well, I would watch all of them, obviously, but... Look, the point is, were, there was no good. techno in the Mortal Kombat movie. Zero out of ten. <laughs> right. Okay? Zero don't go ten. see it. <laughs> I want to talk about some of the characters and some of the fights. Okay. Because, uh, first off, Cole. Yeah. At first... Him existing was just on my nerves. But then he's a descendant of Scorpius. So I'm like, okay, thank you. He's not a random character. He has yeah. some purpose here. But the fact that he's the chosen one and they're going to win Mortal Kombat because of him. Uh, you have so many characters that you can draw from this lore. You have like, I don't even know, like a hundred or so characters that you can put in this movie to... uh form the plot around and you make up a character i was I okay know. with that because it's not like we haven't explored mk babies like in in mortal kombat <laughs> 10 there was true. there was uh johnny cage's kid there was sub-zero's kid i think i would have whoever. loved if he was like takeda or something because yeah. i loved playing as him yeah loved it. yeah but i was okay with like a kid of a major character because that's that's been explored in the game so it, it felt like it fit i guess right so, but the characterization himself, he was a family man and I he did not was an orphan from the south side of Chicago with an accent and I bought absolutely none of that shit. I know he had no personality. I was like that's his I was like that's his like Vicky was watching it with me. She's like, "Why is he got all hanging all over this little girl? Like that's not appropriate." Like you couldn't even tell that was supposed to be his daughter. <laughs> You're right. They didn't really establish that very well in the beginning. 
It, right. it wasn't until like he kissed his wife when they were at that ice cream stand where I was yeah. like, oh, this is a family. Okay. Exactly. And I was like, wow, that's terrible. If I can't tell that that's his daughter and he's like with this person, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, his wife, when she was there helping him out, I was like, is that his doctor? Or? Right. Is that his friend? Yeah. I don't that, watch his uh, fights anymore. Gotta go. Will fight. they, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. know. And yeah, his his character was so bland and lame, and he didn't have anything cool his to say or do. His power was super lame. Yeah, he can make armor and tonfas. Cool. Yeah. His fight with and Goro was dope, though. I like that a it lot. It was, but I don't buy for one fucking second that he took out Goro. That armor, you know, was reinforced. He could take the blows. I don't give a fuck what it was. It was force <laughs> redistribution, homie. This bro, this is Goro. Yeah, Goro. He yeah. should have already been dead from all the hits he was taking from Goro, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. that that's. <laughs> I did like how his wife, like, stepped in with that axe. She's like, fuck this. And she, like, ran up yeah, and, fuck this shit. and, like, swung an axe <laughs> into his side. I was like, yeah! Don't be a damsel. Help out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there uh, were a lot of little Easter eggs. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw Nightwolf, Kotokan. Mm-hmm. Kotokan was uh, cool. Baraka. Yeah, Kano, Kano liked Kotokan. He's like, oh, this is my kind of guy right here. <laughs> right, Shinnok's amulet was in there, so I was like, "Okay, we're getting our fan yeah. service." Kano tried to steal a it. character. Yeah, a character that I'm very surprised was in there was Natara, and Natara yeah. is the vampire outworld assassin. I was just like, "They put Natara in this?" Yeah, what? and then they took her back. She's out. not. Yeah, she's right. Exactly, she's not a legacy character, even though she. I think she had first appeared in Mortal Kombat Deception, but that was still all the way back in like 2005. Yeah, so. When I think about Mortal Kombat, though, I'm thinking about 1, 2, and 3 and those characters. So to see a character from the 3D Mortal Kombat games, it was really, it was surprised me. I was you into had, it. Uh, you had Reiko, which was just a big, doofy-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, who is this supposed to be? Reiko? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I guess. That was a little bit of a stretch. I'll give you that. Cabal looked good, though. Oh, yeah. Cabal looked amazing, and his yeah. fights were amazing. Melina, with her fine ass... <laughs> oh yeah, we can just do the not kissing thing, but she's woof, girl. Come oh, on, no, we can. I want to take you to I the movies. Care. We can kiss. Oh yeah, bloody mouth and all. Yeah. Oh man, you about to you about to get uh, your lips bit off. Oh baby. But no, she was. And everybody was sure. everybody was complaining. Where are her teeth? Ooh, and I'm like, they're gonna show up. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Shut because up. of her regular mouth not being. Yeah. No, you can right. tell like the way it was shaped and the scar on the side of her face that it opens up. I mean, come on, man. Right. Yeah, Have you see, haven't you seen Itchy the Killer? This is a thing. It's fine. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Shang Tsung. Yeah. He didn't have He's near as much chew-the-scene presence as the original Shang Tsung. He had some big shoes to fill, for sure. Jax. He was one of the better parts of the movie. He was fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the way that they explain the powers is when you have a mark of the dragon, which you get from defeating someone else who has the mark. Or just being the, the chosen one. Mark, yeah. Or just being the chosen one. Or like one. a descendant, yeah. Yeah, you have to have the mark to awaken your arcana, which yeah. is basically your Anything. special ability, your magic power, or whatever. Oh, wait, so hey, is it going to be something cool like fireballs? Right. Something lame like <laughs> yeah. a fucking frisbee? Fireballs. <laughs> fucking laser beam. Frisbee hat? <laughs> he said, he said, it's better than a fireball, little pussy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, But, so, Jax ends up getting his arms ripped off. Or frozen and busted off. Yeah, by Sub-Zero, which is something you can see in the trailer, which is bullshit. Don't put that in the trailer. Yeah, and the monks, for some reason, graft 
little baby mechanical arms to them. <laughs> I don't know how they the know fact how to that do they this. work so well without any kind of physical therapy. They they put in a throwaway line like they are researching all the realms technology to help your friend. Yeah, like, right. and then they just figured out how to do it. But you know, I yeah. I can suspend my disbelief only for so long. And I can tell, though, it's no longer like, suspended. <laughs> right. I could tell when they were, you know, because I couldn't tell at first if they were finished with his baby arms. But when I could tell, like, <laughs> this is it, I was like, his arcana is that he grows fucking ar- robot arms. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> he just. He has to, he's trying to like, lift the boulder off of Sonya. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He gets transformer arms. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, so if had he not gotten his arms ripped off? Would he have gotten metal arms as his arcana? Yeah, I don't know how the arcana thing works. It's a, it was yeah, a little underbaked. Well. I mean, it yeah. did help them lean into like the fantastical powers that each of them has, which is kind of cool. But mm-hmm. the explanation of arcana was really underbaked. Well, so yeah, was... I feel like that could have we could have given a little bit more time to that and less time to Cole. Maybe just yeah. make Sonya and Jax the main characters. Who needs a Cole? Although it was yeah, a cool vehicle hell, to bring that Scorpion. Cool so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kang and Kung Lao would have been fine. Shaolin Monk's movie. Let's go. Let's do it. Yep. Matter of fact, I think we should <laughs> we should get together and play through that one day. Oh, yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. I would yeah, love to do that. that would be really fun. I love that fucking game. Yeah, put a pin uh, in that. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah. I think we've exhausted like, it. It's great. I would say for a fan, it's a four out of five. For the average moviegoer, it's probably a two out of five. Just depends on where, where you're coming from. I think it's great. I think if you were to rate video game movies, especially if by the criteria of faithfulness to their source material and effort, I would say it goes in the top 10. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not a very... uh... No, it's not a prestigious top 10 by any means. (laughs) But it gets in I will say that I I prefer the first movie over Mm. this movie, even still. Tests your might. Right. Groove of Saiso streaks it. Protect my fighters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Mortal the original Raiden. It's not about death, but life. Christopher Lambert. Mortal men and women defending the realm of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> and the soundtrack was way better. Oh, like Mortal Kombat 1995 is better than Mortal Kombat 2021. Somebody needs and to I... recut this movie with the Ugh. original soundtrack. Perfect fucking movie. Oh my goodness. And then you know, at the end we get the tease for Johnny Cage. He's like, oh, I'm going to Hollywood. Oh, I'm yeah. going to find Johnny Cage. He had like, a bigger, much bigger body. I was like, is it going to be John Cena? That you can't see me. Citizen Cage. But they have four more movies planned. Yeah. And they kind of retcon the deaths of all the characters, which I like, because that means we get to see him again, but we also get to see more fatalities. uh, uh, Goro and Sub-Zero, they retcon. I thought he grabbed Molina, too. Did he not grab Molina? I I don't don't know. Shang Tsung shadow-absorbed a few different fighters, so we'll we'll see how it actually works. It's probably another... Yeah. And uh, maybe Goro becomes Kentaro. Maybe that's how they... Who knows? Throw that in there. I'm here for it, though. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm interested. I had fun. Yeah, All right. Good time, good time. Well, let's move it along here before this becomes another two-hour episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, we got some more PlayStation news. PlayStation Plus released a Video Pass logo in Poland. I don't know if they retracted it or not. I feel like they did retract it, but they put it back out. But essentially, it sounds like PlayStation Plus 
is going to add other media to the service and kind of make that as a competition for Games Pass. It sounds lame at first until you remember that Sony owns Funimation and Crunchyroll, as well as a substantial amount of movies, music, and TV IPs. So if all the intellectual property at Sony's fingertips, if they pour that into the PS Plus subscription without increasing the price, that makes having PS Plus substantially more awesome, especially for our purposes, especially for yours with your love of anime. So we're going to have to watch this as it develops pretty closely. But we do know that Sony is going to discontinue the sale of movies and TV on its platform soon, and that could coincide with it rolling it out as part of PlayStation Plus pretty soon. So what do you think about that? Cool. I think it's kind of pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't... Maybe with it's something all these streaming have to wait services, yeah. yeah, with all these streaming services and stuff that we're already paying for, I can't imagine there's going to be something that they can put on there that will make someone, oh, wow, this is really worth it. Well, that's- if you don't want to pay for Crunchyroll or Funimation, that's something, because I don't want to pay for those, because I don't love anime enough to have something just for anime. But if it's a part yeah. of my PlayStation Plus, that, that helps me, the casual yeah. anime fan. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know, and again, it's a, it does serve as a way to divide up some of the media, but it also makes it the service that I'm already going to have more viable. I don't right. know. Time will tell. We will have to watch it, like I said, to get the full impact of what that actually means. But something for people to keep an eye out for, certainly. Yeah, definitely. As far as the play at home lineup goes, they're adding Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Now, just a reminder. Similarly to PlayStation Plus, you have a limited time to download these free games. So you don't have to have a subscription or anything to get the Play at Home lineup. But the games that we've announced in the past have already aged out, I think. At least I think they did yesterday. Mm -hmm. And Horizon Zero Dawn will be available up until May 15th. I don't have the DLC for that, so I'll probably download it just so I can try out the DLC. But uh, yeah, I, I think what they're doing just giving people just throwing people some games to play and not having to be a part of any subscription service. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm into it. So bonus PlayStation three and Vita stores. We had announced that they were closing. Well, now they went back on that. They said a number of you have shown displeasure with this move and we decided to keep the stores open. Not for the PSP though. Fuck you PSP, but for PlayStation three. (laughs) So for now, Because I'm saying for now, because eventually they're going to try to close that shit. But for now, the PlayStation 3 and Vita online stores will stay open. They have not, however, addressed the CMOS issue and whether or not they're going to do a firmware update to fix that. And it was learned this week, the PS5 has the same CMOS problem. If you don't Uh recall from last week, it's a ticking time bomb. There is a battery that tells the time of day, and once it dies, it doesn't let you play any physical or digital media content on that console. So just, uh, just another thing Sony likes to do to, to just be the worst, this console generation. It's their turn. Yeah. Maybe the PS five revision will get rid of that issue. Who knows? Or they can just patch it out. They can. That's the thing. They can easily fix it with a firmware update and we should keep the pressure on them to do that. So there are channels you can at them at via Twitter and I don't really condone harassing people, but considering you're harassing a bot or a PR collection that wants the feedback, give them the feedback. Tell them the CMOS yeah. is bullshit and they should release a firmware update. Tell them Xbox is way better. 
even if you don't believe it. I don't believe it. Not yet, but <laughs> I might believe it pretty soon if they keep acting the way they're acting. So. Hell yeah. All right, Derek, my good friend. I just need to know. This week, what you feeling? I am feeling DC Titans mm. on HBO Max. Okay. It is basically a dark and gritty telling of the Teen Titans story, except they're not all teenagers. Mm. So you got uh, the leader, Dick Grayson, Robin. He's mm, 20-something years old in this. Starfire, about the same. And Raven and Beast Boy are teenagers. Mm. And so far, the first season, it's moving along okay. Like, it's not an amazing show, but it's just something that keeps my attention. The action is really dope. It's very, very gory for a DC property. Huh. But, yeah, just like Doom Patrol before, Doom Patrol actually spun off of Titans, which there is an episode called Doom Patrol. And it's just, it's really funny because some of the characters that are in the actual Doom Patrol series Mm. are portrayed by different actors in this episode. So it kind of throws it off since I watched the series already. (laughs) I was like, that's not the chief. That's not Mr. Negative. What's happening here? Yeah. (laughs) Or Negative Man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm really feel uh, I'm, I'm digging Titans right now. I'll, it's got two seasons so far with a third one on the way, I believe. And, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I'll let you know how I feel about the whole series when I finish it. But, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. What are you feeling, Beerable? I'm feeling some Japanese-style cooking. So, we've been playing Persona 5 Strikers a lot. And every city they get to, they're like, you got to try the local delicacy, X, Y, Z. And I'm like looking up the recipe like that looks complicated. I don't know about this. But there was something in Osaka I heard about that I just had to try. It's called pressed sushi. Have you heard of pressed sushi? I have not heard of pressed sushi. I've heard of regular sushi. My wife loves it. I eat it all the time. Well, this might be an easier way to make sushi, and it's kind of interesting. I'm really into it, especially if you don't like the nori wrap. I really like the nori wrap, so I definitely prefer the other way, too. And you can add nori to this, but this negates the need to roll sushi tightly in a wrap. And all you'll need is what's called an oshibako or an oshizushi. It's a wooden box, or sometimes they make them out of silicone. The box itself... You want to like rub it down with some vinegar or soak it so it doesn't stick to the rice, obviously. But essentially, it opens on either side and you set the box down with the the lid on the bottom that kind of covers the entire box. And you put down the top of your sushi first. So that could be your fish, your avocado, your egg, whatever you want. Right. And then you Uh take your sushi rice and you fill the box in the rest of the way. It's like this rectangle. And then you take the top and it actually goes into the box. You, You put the top on and you press it to form the sushi into the square rectangle shape, right? You press it firmly, you flip it over, you take the top off and push it down so that actually props the sushi up a little bit in the box. And there's slits on the side of the box so you can cut through with a knife and make your cuts to your sushi while it holds the form. You push the bottom of the box the rest of the way through and you pull the pieces off. Bam. That's it. Nice. Super easy. Super easy. And I've made some pretty tasty sushi with it using just, you know, regular cheapy ingredients. Like, it didn't have to be anything fancy. And just having that little ingredients on top of the pressed sushi, amazing. Mm-hmm. So, for those interested, you can probably, like I said, find one of these boxes for eight to 10 bucks online. They're called Oshibako, O S H I B A K O, or just Google search recipes for pressed sushi or Osaka sushi. Should be able to find it pretty easily. So for the cooks out there listening to the podcast, 
you want to try sushi a different style, give this one a shot. I think you'll like it. It's a lot easier than having to roll the tatami mat over and over again. <laughs> right. So, just saying. Speaking of rolling tatami mats and Japanese things and sushi and feeling nourished and complete, I am feeling a deep well of completion and sadness because this week I have finally finished the challenge! The challenge has been completed. It is time for the final episode of the first run of the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge! Anime! God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) So we are talking about episodes 24 and 25 of Berserk. In episode 63 and 64, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. This is it, people. The finales of both of our shows are upon us. So, Derek, I have to ask you one question. Berserk, the whole entire series, was it hype? It was hype and crazy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me all about it. Okay, so I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before. I knew how the show was going to end already. Right. I had just never seen it in animated form. Seeing it in animated form and knowing how it ends is two completely different things. I knew it would be. I was distraught. <sighs> I was distraught. <laughs> it's, it's fucking rough, dude. There's not really a whole lot to say because it's just one giant bloodbath. We ended off with Griffith and the Band of the Hawk all transported to this demonic realm with nice. demons surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the egg then, of the king activated yeah. and they're in this realm surrounded by demons. Not looking great. Yeah, and then the four archdemons or whatever of the god hand appear mm. and they're fucking creepy looking. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> Especially the head one. Like yeah. he's just a giant brain with a skeleton and skull and oh. So, uh, anyway, it was so crazy. When I heard him talk, I was like, oh, that's the narrator. (laughs) In this world. In this world. That's the guy. They show up, and they basically tell Griffith that if he wants to ascend to his throne and become one of them, he has to sacrifice every single one of his people. Mm. And he's super shocked. He's like, is this for real? Is this really happening? It's some fantastical bullshit. Even for Griffith. Oh, yeah. Everything he's seen, he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it, comes, it pretty much comes out of nowhere. And they reveal that all the demons, every single demon used to be a human who had a bailet. And they kind of went through the same process. Mm. Only with Griffith, he's special. He's, he's got, got the, the crimson bailet. The crimson bailet. Yeah. Yes. And he is destined to become the new king of the God Hand and the mm. demon race. It was some really deep shit. They send him on a little flashback journey. Where they're like, you've built this road on all the bodies of the people who have been a part of your life. And you can't stop here, man. You gotta you gotta go ahead and take that extra step, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. They likened them. people sacri- they likened people and soldiers, including that little boy who lost his life that really affected Griffith. Yeah, that- they likened them the cobblestones in the path to his kingdom. Yeah. It yeah. was it was rough stuff. Yeah. And that basically sums up episode 24 because the real shit doesn't pop off until episode 25 where Griffith just fully accepts you know what yeah let's do this and he gets engulfed in a 
giant hand and guts is trying to break him out of it and Desperately the god trying. hand yeah. yeah the god hand is just looking at him like wow he, he tried so hard <laughs> giving it the old college try meanwhile everyone else is being massacred by demons and they're just varying degrees of disgusting and just cruel and they're just oh they're getting gobbled up devoured yeah i think it's part of the sacrifice because if you remember when griffith finally concedes he says i submit to to have this happen Mm -hmm. a brand shoots out oh yeah and hits every member of the army including guts and casca and the gang like everybody gets a brand on them and it marks them for sacrifice which means that they now belong to the demons to be consumed and so the demons go time to eat (laughs) right and while griffith's in his little incubation chamber transforming into the demon god king and they're all just doing what they can to fight for their lives, but these demons are OP. Yeah, they are. Well, they're not. They're not OP. Well, I mean, they're some of them getting effe- taken down. They're no, they're getting taken down, but they're pretty effective. They've just got numbers. Yeah, they got numbers, and they're relentless, and they don't get tired, and they don't get scared. So yeah. it's a pretty so, desperate, uh, hopeless situation. Yeah, Casca is surrounded, and Pippin comes to her rescue when she's about to be killed by a demon. And he's like, you gotta get out of here. She's like, hell no, I'm gonna fight with you. And Judo comes by, swoops her up on a horse, and they just get the hell out of Dodge, and Pippin Pippin goes down. I'm like, oh, Pippin, my boy, you hardly said a word. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> but he Pippin's gone, and Casca and Judo are riding off. And I don't know exactly where they think they're running to, because <laughs> they're in a completely different realm. Yeah. But... They get attacked by some demons. It does not go well. Judo ends up, he ends up biting the big one. And I almost cried because Judo was easily my favorite non-Trinity character of the Hawks. The Trinity being Griffith, Casca, and Guts. Yeah, no, Judo is actually a really great character. Yeah, and his last words, you cry a lot when you're alone, don't you? You can tell that he actually loved Casca and he wanted to tell her that, but no. Yeah, in his mind, Guts, he was like, Guts shit, were those really my last yeah. words? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Guts came into the picture, that was pretty much donezo. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, God, Judo, RIP to a real one, because that was crazy. Judo was a real one, for sure. Yeah, and Corcus, he got the <laughs> he got the wildest death of all. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he's running from all sorts of demons, and he's just like, this is a fucking dream. It has to be. I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to be back to my normal life before any of this band of the hawk shit. Uh, he starts walking forward aimlessly. And then he sees a naked woman floating in the air. Mm-hmm. He's like, a woman. Yes. Thank you. And he just hugs on her and buries his head into her bosom. And then they pan out. And of course, it's a demon with the chest and midsection of a woman. And mm-hmm. of course, we, we know what happens next. But yeah, they, he gets they pan away from it. And Guts is violently f- killing more demons and the God Hand, again, commenting, wow, he's really fighting against the inevitable here, but keep going, I guess. Yeah, good and, job. He's such a tryhard. Wow. Yeah, and Casca ends up being captured by demons, and you hear them say, save her for the master. Save her for the master. And then they rip off all her clothes, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is getting deep. This is getting heavy. We cut back to Guts. He's killed quite a bit of demons. And I forget the character's name, but he's voiced by the actor who plays Goku. And he's like, what the hell is happening, Captain? What's going on? He's oh, like, Gaston. Look, man. Yeah, Gaston. 
He's like, what's going on, man? He's like, I don't know. Is anybody else alive? He's like, I, I, I don't know, man. This is crazy. And then he ends up getting killed Yeah. by a demon. Actually, no. He got killed fucking wild. So he, yeah. <laughs> literally his head fucking explodes and a demon squirms out of it. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. A demon God. like burrowed up inside of him and then it exploded alien style. He was yeah. like, ah. I was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Like at this and point, then, they're just messing with Guts. <laughs> right. And then Guts turns around and he sees Pippin. He's like, Pippin, you're alive. Where are, where's everyone else? And of course, Pippin's been dead. He's got the tentacles of a demon in him. And then we see Judo be, has been consumed by a demon and Corcus's face is protruding from the demon that ate him. And it's just, it's not looking good at all. No. And then they're playing finally, with their food at this point. Yeah. Griffith emerges from his cocoon as Femto, a jet black hawk looking demon. The other demons bring Casca over to him, and he then proceeds to kiss her and rape her. Yeah. While Guts watches helplessly. Yeah, and he's he's just bawling his eyes out, and understandably so. It's ooh, it was kind of hard to watch, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably one of my least favorite parts. Uh, they. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like it wasn't overly graphic in that way, but you can tell what was happening and what Griffith was doing. Yeah, they they weren't as like again the remake movies make it pornographic, which sucks. I hate that about the remake movies. In this one, a lot of it's implied. Yeah, exactly. But the the thing that's still so devastating is it's just how is losing all his friends, his best friend, the girl that he loves. He's being betrayed all over again. His body's being violated while this happens. He tries to go after them, and that demon like bites his hand, and he he tries to take the dagger that he has and cut the demon's mouth open so he takes his hand mouth, out yeah. and when it, and when it breaks on his teeth he starts he to take the broken sword and cut his, his own hand. arm yeah and he does he cuts his own arm off and runs towards them again only to be held down and one of his eyes to be pierced so he can only yeah. watch through like his sole remaining eye as this all goes on i'm like god that just sucks it's the worst thing yeah. i've ever seen in media ever yeah and then the episode just ends with Griff, I think it ends with Griffith staring at the camera and Guts, like, screaming out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is there another episode after this? And then there's the end credit scene that shows when he first left the House of the Mountains and the, the blacksmith, blacksmith said, yeah, getting a sword. don't get yourself killed. Yep. And it's like, fuck. That's just after he had made what we refer to as the Dragon Slayer, which is basically that giant, huge sword that he uses in the next arc. Yeah. And what he so, used to take down the snake demon in the first episode. So Yeah. So it was kind of kind of an abrupt ending. Mm-hmm. And for if this was just for an anime fan that was not into reading manga and stuff, I'd be like kind of an unsatisfying conclusion mm-hmm. to an anime series. But since there is more, look the fact is that we just got a continuation in twenty sixteen. And right. apparently it's not great. No, no. If if you yeah, have a shot at it. all, read the manga because the yeah, adaptation is bad. I hear it gets better as it goes on, but I've I've I couldn't even barely stomach the first few episodes that I had to try to watch, and I tried to rewatch it recently because it's on HBO Max, and I'm I'm just like so appalled by how bad it is. But this is to me what really drew me to this. Like this is something that's very hard for me to recommend to somebody just because of how dark and dour it is, especially at the end. But he suffers so much trauma, and you can see how he grows and develops through that from the beginning of his life to his time with the Banner of the Hawk to, like, its horrible, violent, graphic end. 
And you just see the birth mm-hmm. of an edgelord because after yeah. this, he's just like, fuck everyone and everything. All I care about is killing demons and, and getting to Griffith, right? Right. And then eventually, of course, we'll start to change over the, the course of the next arc. But I've never seen somebody earn their edgelord status more than this man. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, yeah. So. Not good. He did not go out on a high note. No. <laughs> So sorry to put you through that, but do you, did you enjoy it overall? Or yeah, I definitely did, man. It was some great characterization, especially with Griffith, Casca, mm-hmm. and Guts, mm-hmm. and you know side characters getting some love too. Like you really got to feel like you were a part of this family, only to get them ripped away from you. Yeah, it doesn't feel great all the time, but it's a story that sticks with you. Like, it definitely sticks to my ribs. Adds a little perspective, too. I'm like, man, as bad as things are right now, at least I'm not guts. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least there's not a eclipse and demons surrounding And if he can struggle through... If he, yeah, exactly. If he can struggle through everything he struggled through, I can struggle through whatever I'm going through. But yeah, overall, if I had to give it out of five, mm-hmm. I'd give it, a, give it a three and a half. Right on. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it then. We have Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Last two oh, episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Woo. So we got we're gonna start with episode sixty three, the other side of the gateway. We ended the last episode, Edward just world star on father, humbling his ass. <laughs> father during you know, getting his ass kicked, desperately leaps towards greed to try and absorb his philosopher's stone. And mm-hmm. he does it so quickly he kinda has a pretty good hold on it. But Greed decides to pull apart from Ling's body to protect Ling's body and his soul and sacrifices himself using his carbonization ability to go into Father, but then turn Father's body into weak charcoal, basically. Yeah. And Father then, in retaliation, extinguishes Greed's soul. Edward punches through Father's chest, releasing all of the souls of the people of Xerxes. They just kind of blast out of him. And it sends Father through the gate of truth, where he is trapped for eternity. He's back to being the little tiny dwarf in the flask. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's just like, what did I do wrong? Talking, <laughs> I just... to, talking to the truth. Yeah, he's talking to the outline of the truth. Like, what did I just wanted knowledge? Why wouldn't you right. join with me? Truth didn't really give him a satisfying answer. Just locked him away behind a, a large doorway to, I guess, never again see the light of day. Yeah, so... I felt bad. I felt bad for him. I didn't. I did a little bit. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I didn't feel... I, I was like, die. He killed babies. He tore apart yeah, families. He, he destroyed he an, an entire nation. It, set to do it again. Learned nothing. At the end was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> what Fuck did I that do guy. wrong? Yep. No. <laughs> Don't need it. Don't need any part of it. Bye-bye. So, <laughs> so that happened. And in the wake of Father's defeat, everybody is, you know, free to kind of relax, but also to mourn Alphonse's sacrifice. Alphonse giving up his soul to give Edward back his arm and give him a fighting chance. And a Philosopher's Stone is offered up to Edward. I can't remember exactly who gave it to him or tried to give it to him. I think it was one of the Chimera. Yeah, one of the The Chimera still has a a Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, it could have been. But he rejects it. And then Hohenheim offers his life as an apology for the pain and suffering that he's caused his own sons and said, as a father, let me do this. Let me sacrifice myself to bring back Alphonse. And Edward's like, nope. Don't you say that, you (laughs) rotten father. 
<laughs> I fucking cried. <laughs> it was emotional for sure. I cried at that part. God, it was emotional. Edward then comes up with the idea to perform a human transmutation on himself. And he said, everybody stand back and watch. This is going to be my last one. And I was like, what is he going to do? He performed the human transportation on himself to take his whole body to the truth. And the truth is like, well, are you going to just offer your body in exchange for Alphonse? He goes, no more of that. He's like, well, what do you have to sacrifice then? And Edward essentially sacrifices his own gate of truth, his gateway, if you will, to his alchemy ability in exchange Mm -hmm. for his brother. So... Yeah, He can never again use alchemy. He basically turned himself from a super-powered individual to a regular human in exchange for his brother's life. A fair trade, I feel like. Right, yeah. And, and you don't see it coming either. So you're like, how the no. fuck is he going to get him out? No, I didn't know it was a thing that you could actually give up, but apparently it is. If only he had yeah. learned that shit sooner. So <laughs> Edward is allowed to go ahead and bring Alphonse back with him in his original body. And he comes back, and everybody's like, hooray, your nails are so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> and as everybody's, <laughs> exactly, as everybody's recuperating from battle, Hohenheim returns to Resinbull and goes to uh. the grave of his wife, Trisha, audibly expressing his gratitude for having known her and his sons, expressing lament that even after all these long years of life, he doesn't want to die. And then... He finally wastes away, kneeling before her grave. I guess he had expended the last of his energy. You could see him kind of crisping up, so to speak. Yeah, getting crispy. Yeah. Later on, he was actually found by Winry's grandmother and, you know, kind of shed a tear for him and yeah, was glad to see him smiling before he passed away. So it was really sad, but... And then the music starts playing. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Right. Uh, two years later, he actually visits Bradley's wife, who has been raising Salim. Salim is now a younger child, having rose up from that fetus that he was made into. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Salim seems to actually be a really kind and compassionate kid. He brought up this little bird that was injured and like, we want to help him. She's like, yeah, we'll get a vet. But Grumman's not like super convinced. And he's like, we're going to have to keep monitoring this guy. And if he shows any signs of being an evil homunculus, well, you know what we got to do. I know. And he says that right to Bradley's wife to her face. And she just smiles like, I know. Um, That's (laughs) not exactly how I would expect you to. I know what it is. Right? (laughs) Alphonse himself, he decides to travel with Kimberly's former chimeras, Jerzo and Zampano, to Jing and other eastern countries to learn about alkahestry and basically the world. He just kind of wants to be stronger in the different disciplines of alchemy. And, you know, help out wherever he can. So he's going on his journey with the two chimeras. And the chimeras, inspired by his journey, are going with him to support him and also find a way to get their old bodies back. Which, why would you even? I don't know. If you can transform into a human any time, I don't really see the issue. But whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I guess the idea is Alphonse in the east, Edward in the west. They pull their research together, see what they got. So... On his way to travel west, as he heads off, he and Winry kind of awkwardly express their love. Basically, Edward turns around from <laughs> yeah. the train, and he's like, Equivalent exchange! I give half of my life for you if you give half of your life to me! <laughs> and then he's like... <gasps> <laughs> and then Winry's like, No, that's dumb! You idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give 100% of my life to you! And then he's like, Oh, Nani? <laughs> and then like, she's like, well, maybe well, 80%, 80? 85, 90, 90s too much. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> They're being awkward and they're going to have like the biggest, strong jawedest kids ever. Cause they both right. have giant square heads. <laughs> <laughs> the last scene basically shows a photograph of Ed and Winry now married with two children accompanied by Alphonse, May, uh, Peninia and, and Garfield. And, uh, yeah. it's cute. Mm-hmm. So, you kind of saw it coming. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I got to say, it ended really strong. Yeah. It, it ended super strong. It stuck the landing really hard. It stuck the landing harder than Falky and Winnie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the thing that Falky and Winnie has on it is Falky and Winnie is only six episodes long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there are a lot of things I like about this show. Like, I really like Olivier and Briggs, but I feel like stuff like Olivier and Briggs could be cut and the story would not change. I'd give you that. And I would really appreciate a shorter version of this. Like I could see this being a trilogy of movies and be a lot stronger of a story rather Mm -hmm. than having to sit through 64 episodes. And of course it's got its fair share of anime nonsense that I had to kind of roll my eyes past at its core. It's got a really good story and I can see why it speaks to a lot of people. I think for a strong anime fan, Four out of five. For an average Joe like me, three out of five, I would say. But uh, I don't regret watching it. Like, as I finished it, I was like, I'm glad I know that story. That's a good story. So, yeah, yeah, the ending always gets me crying every fucking time. And I've seen it like nine or ten times all the way through. (laughs) I'm excited to go back and watch the original Full Metal Alchemist, the non Brotherhood version. Yeah, it's got some, uh, it's completely different, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's got its merits too. How many episodes is that? Do you recall? I think it's like 54 or 50. It's 50 something. So it's, okay. it's a little bit less. I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah. But yeah. People, that is the end of the Derek X Mike anime challenge. 
Tune in next week for part two. Just kidding. (laughs) Right. We're 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 going to take take a break. A break. Yeah. I do eventually want to get you to watch Cowboy Bebop. Do you have any animes in your head that you want me to watch? Probably Death Note. Death Note. Okay. How many episodes is Death Note? That's 37. Okay. Okay. That's doable. I was going to say we should probably just do one each because I think that would be better than one person trying to speak for a half hour while the other person speaks for 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. But being that Cowboy Bebop is about 10 episodes shy of that or so, we might still be able to finish the shows, each other's shows. So look forward to the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge Redux, where we will be (laughs) pitting Cowboy Bebop versus Death Note. Stay tuned for the announcement of that to begin. I'm sure y'all look forward to it. So, Hell yeah. All right, I'm man. Glad well, you watch it. Yeah, no, I am too. I feel like I feel like we're closer. We know each other's favorite animes. We've intimately watched through the whole thing and talked about it. I think that's great. So yeah, I'm glad we had the idea. I think it was a great idea. Awesome. All right, well, that's the end of our show this week, people. Hope you enjoyed it. We really appreciate you guys coming out. If people are interested in reaching out to you, getting your opinions on good anime to watch, maybe buying a few gamer goodies, possibly more from your store. Where can they locate you at? They can check out all of the items I have for sale at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram posting stuff at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. And I've been doing a much better job of posting daily. So I've seen that. Yeah, definitely uh, follow and I'm going to try and keep it up. Right I got to do a man. post today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Well, as far as the podcast goes, you can find us on Facebook if that's where you would prefer. We're on Facebook.com slash Player 2 is Enter the Pod. We maintain the page weekly. We add clips of the show if you just want to grab a small clip. And, of course, we'll post up when new episodes are available. The main hub, every single Sunday we're uploading an episode. That is Anchor.fm slash Player 2 is Enter the Pod. And you can listen to us there or anywhere podcasts are available. That includes Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We have a YouTube channel for the show. That is Player 2 has entered the podcast. And all of our shows and clips will be uploaded there as well. If you'd like to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at MikePetersonAL. And I do Twitch streaming weekly, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. You can catch the schedule on the channel itself. That's twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. And I archive all my Let's Plays and Twitch streams on MC Paperstacks Plays on YouTube. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I can't believe that we finished these shows. It's like forever. It's the, end of, it. <laughs> it's the end of an era. We'll see you yes. next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.